Welcome to Jack's Tap, episode 24. I am Jack. That is John. Hello. Hello. And it is Leap Day, February 29th. Pretty huge for this podcast that it worked out that on this Saturday it is February 29th. Only happens once every four years, but we'll get into that. Um, This week we are discussing on this day as usual, explaining the leap year and the leap day, going to talk about our John and I's favorite scene in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, my buddy Tyler Smith, T-Riz the Skiz, um, which is a real stupid nickname. He was my freshman and sophomore year roommate in college, and I just started calling him T-Riz the Skiz. Pretty sure I've... Does that ring a bell to you? Like something from pop culture or like a show or something? Not at all. <laughs> all right. Um, Maybe I was just original and came up with it. T-Riz the Skiz as a nickname for Tyler. But now it is his Twitter handle. And I was like, was I dumb or did I come up with that for you? Or were you already T-Riz the Skiz? He's like, yep, I uh, couldn't think about what I wanted to be on Twitter. And I remembered you call me T-Riz the Skiz. So I went with it. And I don't think there's any other T-Riz the Skizzes on Twitter. So I think I think he is the original, but... Didn't even come close to <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> yeah, because it is not a part of pop culture. It is not something that people say. It is a stupid, stupid name. Um, but that is, I was inspiration for him there. He, I think for the second time, Snapchatted me the scene from Lord of the Rings last night. So he watches it even more than I, or we do. And uh, But now every person I meet that, even if they don't know Lord of the Rings, I've brought it up to people. You've even... probably shared it with more people than me and Seabass have. Yeah. And we're the ones that, I mean, it, yeah, that pointing it out originated with us, at least within our circles. And, yeah. Uh, I just remember, um, were we, remember the one time we watched it in the Honda Pilot? Like, literally on the small fucking four-inch screen in there one time. We went and watched Lord of the Rings in there. Yeah. Literally right out front of the house. Do you remember that? We did that one time. Yeah. I'm Vaguely. I can't remember if that was the, a, a time that we just kept rewinding Maybe. that one scene. We've done that before where we rewinded it like 25 times and just <laughs> kept laughing our asses off to it. So we'll get to that. Um, a scene from Lincoln. I think that's just the name of it. The one with Daniel Day Lewis, where he plays Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. yeah, it's the uh prize video that Brady wanted to watch. Um, so we'll watch a little bit of that. We're gonna discuss uh the Tim and Eric show that I saw last Saturday after the episode twenty three, an instant classic. The Dutch coastliners have told us. They've been raving about it. They said, thank you so much for getting that out of the Dutch coast. We feel so much safer, and we have still have the same great content, so thank you so much. Um, and I went and saw Jessica Curson, a very funny comedian as well, at Zany's, and just some fun goofs and gaffs from that. And um, a, a 
Louis C.K. Uh, article about him being a terrible person, but just do, doing a great advertising job for him. So again, it is February 29th. This only happens every four years, unless it's divisible by 100. Unless, unless it's divisible by 400, we'll get to that. So February 29th, on this day in 1504, Christopher Columbus uses a lunar eclipse to frighten hostile Jamaican Indians. Um, just another uh, example of Christopher Columbus being a terrible person. Uh, in Jamaica, I like how they call them Jamaican Indians. Like, as if Indians is just the term now for indigenous people, even though it's just purely because Christopher Columbus thought he was going to India, so wherever he landed, he just called people Indians. Makes no sense to call indigenous people from separate countries Indians. Um, Are we back? Fully back. Um, The... uh, yeah, so we just call people Indians from different countries. And we're back. Uh, slight technical difficulty, but we're right back in it, talking about Jamaican Indians not being a thing. Um, so he used a lunar eclipse to frighten them. It said to frighten hostile Jamaican Indians. Jamaican Indians were only hostile because this fucking guy shows up and is like, is this India? And they're like, no, it's not India. And he's like, fucking die. God is trying to kill you with this lunar eclipse. And uh, he's like, but I know the way to help you. I will save you. I am Christopher Columbo. Salem hey, uh, witch truck. Well, Go on. ahead. One thing. So, uh, yeah, basically they used, uh, since they were good with like, predicting that type of stuff yeah with uh because they had the calendars and they made all that whatnot he knew it was coming up Um. and uh he's like if you don't follow this there will be this you know moon thing right and they didn't and then was like see i told you right and they're like oh my god he's got that's some fuck that's some smart shit for a guy. I mean, to be honest, it was probably incredibly difficult to navigate to India back in the day. So just the fact that he made it to a place at all, you know, and it works out, there you go. Like, doesn't mean I have to respect you, but, you know, you, you got Not there. Not dying from scurvy. Right, yeah. Um, you got there. And you took over the place when you got there. Um yeah, it's impressive that he knew that a lunar eclipse was coming, but he couldn't find his way to India, which was immensely closer than where he ended up. In 1692, it was the beginning of the Salem witch trials. The first people are accused of witchcraft in Salem, Massachusetts. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba, a West Indian slave. After I said Tituba and I read that it was a West Indian slave, it made me feel worse about mispronouncing it. Um, because I'm not of that culture. I was, I was hit with two Sarah names. I was kind of expecting a Sarah trifecta, and then they hit me with T I T U B A, and I did, was so baffled by the name there that I didn't stop to read the next part of it, which is a West Indian slave uh, could have maybe 
tried to go with something more authentic there uh, out of respect and just general professionalism there and uh, to create a more accurate guess as to how to pronounce the name, but I just went with Tituba. Uh, they were accused of being witches. And then it had a photo, you don't have to go back to it, but it had a photo of just like a woman on trial with her hands up and there was like a something was shooting out like a gleam like a gleam of light or something and everyone else was like looking scared and it said that that uh drawing of it was done 200 years later by just some guy it's like all right well that guy didn't know anyone that was alive when that happened so bullshit bullshit drawing in the 1800s in 1960 the first playboy club featuring bunnies opens in chicago uh, once again, could have done research on this, but John, do you know, was the first Playboy Club in Chicago, or does this mean Playboy been around, now it opened for the first time in Chicago? Uh, <laughs> Big old sneeze. I'm not really up to snuff on my Playboy facts. Uh, that's uh, why you're here. What are but, you here for? <laughs> but uh, if, I'm, if it says Playboy Club, I'm guessing it already existed, like right. the magazine and... Maybe the mansion did, and this was them, you know, making destination things. I don't know. God, I'm going to become a meme right now with my sneeze face. Um, sorry. But that, that would be my guess. Yeah. Maybe this is, since it says featuring bunnies, this is the first time that um, he actually had girls there before the Playboy Clubs were just him in a robe. And he was walking around, and he was like, you guys having a good time? And uh, then when he got to Chicago, he's like, we're going to need some fucking chicks. Um, and they had ha- they had had artificial bunnies at the last place. Um, call back to last week's joke, who I was a dumbass about. Was it rabbits? Rabbits. That's all the things. You know, February 29th doesn't happen so often. It only happens every four years unless it's divisible by 100, unless it's also divisible by 400, and then it is a leap year. Um, so not as many things have happened on this day. And classic uh, birthday conundrum is when people born on February 29th, it's like, are they 16 or are they 64? What's going on there? That's a fun little, that's a fun little, fun little thing there. Uh, Randy Jackson was born in 1956. Is he in fact 64? Wow, that worked out perfectly. Is that 64 years ago? Nice. I Yes, it is. 56, how to get to zero, or the year 2000, it's going to be 44 years. And then to get the rest of the way to 2020, 44 plus 20, 64. What's 64 divided by 4? 16. Woo! Nice. Woo! Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. All right. And Tony Robbins was born in uh, 1960. 60 years old to 15. Cool. All right. So that's those are the people that were born today. And here's what Leap Day is all about. Um, so we're going to go. Did I miss someone? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, nobody was born after 1984. So people were born every like four years here. That's the famous people. I mean, they're even mentioning people like Clinton Toopey. Chris Conley, Cam Ward, Cullen Jones, names nobody's ever heard of. But after 1984, you're telling me there's not one person that was born on Leap Day? 
will suspect. I think they've been killing Leap Day babies since the 80s, and we're not going to have anybody that was born on February 29th anymore because they heard it was a very inconvenient uh, birthday. So there's a conspiracy there. So what is a leap year? We use leap years to keep our calendar in sync with the seasons. How do leap years work and how often do they occur? They occur uh, every four years. And this is a leap year. It seems a little cruel that it happens during election season all the time. So you just have an extra day of the campaign trail, but all well. So the tropical year is 365.24 days. Our calendar is 365 days on the dot, um, which is a quarter of a day short of orbit. And the leap year is a three-quarter day over the actual orbit. So we do it approximately every four years. But if we go down a little bit further as to the rules, and keep going down. Um, yeah, the leap year rules. So in the Gregorian calendar... There's three criteria that need to be taken to identify leap years. The year must be evenly divisible by four. If the year can also be evenly divided by 100, it is not a leap year, unless the year is also evenly divisible by 400, then it is a leap year. So according to these rules, the years 2000, 2400 are leap years, and 1800, 1900, 2100, 2200, 2300, 2500 are not leap years. So in the year 2000, it was somewhat unique as it was the first instance when the third criterion was used in most parts of the world since the start of the transition from the Julian calendar in the to the Gregorian calendar in 1582. Nice. Who invented leap years? Leap years in the Western calendar were first introduced over 2,000 years ago, folks. On this day, over 2,000 years ago, they invented this day. They said, let's have a little more February. Let's celebrate black people for one more day every four years. Uh, Julius Caesar said that. The Julian calendar, which was named after him, had only one rule. Any year evenly divisible by four would be a leap year. That's fucking nuts that they knew that back then. Um, but then it's a little bit off because uh, we're leaping forward a little too much because it's not exactly 365 days and a quarter every year. It's like 365 days and like a little bit over a quarter or something like that, or a little bit under. Um, but it also said somewhere that if we didn't correct, then every a hundred years, we would be 28 days off the normal calendar. So give it a few centuries and we'd be celebrating Christmas in the middle of July. Now, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a little silly? Hanging out in the tropics, tropical sun, got a big old pine tree. You're putting up ornaments. Sand is supposed to come down your chimney. Nobody has a chimney in the summer. It's hot out. So that's why we have the leap year and the leap day. We add it into February because it's too short of a month. Why do we have so many um, days in months like October, December, July, I believe, is a 31-day month? Why do we have, like, 
several of those and then we have one month that's 28 days yeah i don't know um i'm not too up on my calendar Calendar. theory yeah um but i just had a thought that's gonna make no sense but there's like this math problem that all species work off of and it is like a chaos pattern or something but Hmm. every so often there will be a point of balance where the math problem works and it's supposed to be like uh i don't know enough about it but it's i was just (laughs) (laughs) but it's super weird and then i was just like what if that happened on a leap year and the chaos problem was in a point of balance would we just explode or would it be like a golden age or something anyways that uh we get i'm going way over into left field with that one sorry uh that was left field by john mcwilliams uh i like how you just like into it and you're like you know i don't really know the details of it but so it's I just I forget what it, exactly what it's called. Is it all animals? It, ba- basically, or at least all mammals mm. that I know. Um, but also, it applies to matter mm. and all like and how the universe works. Yeah, it's super strange. I forget what it's called, but you know, it's like a shit. Because I'm forgetting the words. Because uh, yeah. you know I'm bad with those. Yeah, it's those are names essential. and words in the in the explanation. But you it. know that graph where it's it's essentially it looks trippy kind of, and it's supposed to be. I'll figure it out. Yeah, the trippy graph. <laughs> it's not enough for me. Yeah. Oh, the one where it's like X, Y, and Z. And yeah. it's like trippy. No, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. all right. I'll figure it up out over here, and sure. if I do, I'll pop back in. Okay. Um, so here we've got the amazing, infamous scene from Lord of the Rings where... So what's just happened? It's the two towers. The, the I know they're the riders of Rohan. So the kingdom is Rohan, right? And it's King Theoden is taking his people to Helm's Deep. Because the uh, Saruman, the the wizard, is attacking them with his newly, freshly made army of orcs. Excuse me, an orakai, and he was going right for the, the their kingdom. So then he's going to bring all his people to Helm's Deep, this other kingdom that's at the bottom of a hill, uh, because it's apparently going to be safer there. I don't know. And on the way going there, they're attacked by a scout pack of orcs on top of these, like, I don't know, fucking crazy made-up animal that's, like, their version of horses. And Aragorn, one of the main characters, played by Viggo Mortensen, Academy Award winner uh, for that one where he's, like, in the car and he's talking to Makushla Ali or something. I forget his name. Mashallah. Um, Academy Award winner. He falls to his death, his supposed death, and 
this is the scene after that turmoil where like a bunch of their soldiers who were protecting all the civilians on their way to Helm's Deep die. It's like their only defense against this giant army currently. So it's like, fuck, we don't even have, we just got a bunch of our people killed on the way to go get killed at this new spot, including the new love of my life. This princess, the daughter of King Theoden, has like been uh, sleeping around a little bit with Aragorn. So this is her learning that he is dead. And it's supposed to be a very emotional scene, but John and I have found the humor in it. So they're all rejoicing that they have found Helm's Deep. Pretty good green screen there. That looks like a nice painting. All the women and children in a line getting into Helm's Deep. They open their doors. Here's that epic Lord of the Rings music. You gotta watch Jack's Tap on YouTube to get the beautiful cinematography from Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers from the mid 2000s. Just all the emotions and seriousness. We're like, oh boy, what's happened? Oh, a mom rejoiced with her two kids, and that's actually been from earlier in the in the film. Well, here's the princess saying, where's the rest of the food? And there's not much. Foreshadowing, uh-oh, where's the rest of the people? Well, here comes the king and his riders. Make way for the king. She runs to greet them. We see Legolas. We see the king. Right there, that's a hilarious part right there. Uh, the king's response to his daughter, just, so, f- so few, so few of you have returned. Our people are safe, but we paid for it with many lives. He's just casually getting another knight off of his horse. Apparently that knight needs help getting up. Why is the king helping a dude off his horse? Why is he being such an insensitive prick to his daughter right now? He, he, he's a noble king. Also, I I constantly question our sanity when we find this hilarious. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> many lies. Yeah. I don't know why. He just goes a little too hard at that point. It's like yeah. he didn't. Our people are safe, uh, but we lost many lives. It was probably <laughs> what the director was thinking. Our people are safe, but we have paid for it with many lives. Yeah, and, and that's, that's not a, even the kicker. It's yeah, and then that's just a bonus. Here, here comes Gimli the dwarf, classic comedic character in this trilogy. Many lives. Many lives. Let me help you off the horse here, buddy. Lord Aragorn, where is he? Clearly, an emotional wreck. That's beautiful. Let's <laughs> uh, give it another go. Help. 
he fell. So can't that, even really understand then, what he says. Here comes in the. And we're just laughing. Pale. Yeah, and we've rewatched that scene so many times. It's supposed to be such an intense emotional scene there. Um, but it's pretty, pretty fucking hilarious that they have like this character, the dwarf. First of all, the king's just like an asshole to his daughters. It's just like, I'm worried about the people. You paid for it with many lives. And then Gimli comes up and he's like, My lady, Lord Aragorn, where is he? Watch, so, watch no one understand her humor. <laughs> I've told it to several. Yeah, I even told it to like an older uh, woman that I work with. And she was said she watched the Lord of the Rings movies recently. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like my favorite scene is when you remember when uh, like Aragorn, it's like he almost dies. And she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I, I guess I do. And like and then the and then the girl's super sad about how her like. <laughs> You know, her future husband here, her love, love of her life has just died. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never really thought much of it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking funny when uh, the short one comes up and tells her that he died by falling, right? He fell. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, I don't normally do it as douchey as that, but that is probably how it comes off. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the comments, it shows that we're right. Or so one of a few. We've got... Actually... Yep. Give it a zoom there. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, Cohen Fronson. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, comments. Beautifully filmed piece. Her despair. The king's despair. All will come together in a sadness never filmed better. This is acting. This filmmaking i'm which probably means this is filmmaking this is a good good soundtrack that is uh a spot-on take a beautiful beautifully written way to say this is a good good soundtrack this is that good good soundtrack that is that good, good soundtrack. Uh, oh, it's the same person who said it too, Cohen Fronson. Also says, the sadness in this just gets me always, dot, dot, dot. All hope gone, dot, dot, dot. For her, dot, dot, dot. Who the fuck is Cohen Fronson? Um, incredibly serious takes here. Very, very impressed by that good, good soundtrack and that good, good acting. And then another person just comments, uh, he died, for, she died, sorry, he died from her stew. Um, so, so Kaz didn't have quite the, uh, the emotional response. Replies. Oh, Cohen Fronson. Her stew looked actually pretty decent, Okay. You spelled decent descent. Cohen Fronson really, really uh, defending this scene. It is his or her favorite scene in the entire trilogy. And anyone who has anything else to say is an idiot. 
Um, another person, Benjamin, wrote, she got a good jaw like Jolie. Okay. Um, she is gorgeous. What is this vocal's name? Says Jacob Drury. I know, right? It's not in the soundtrack. Really wish I knew the song. I think the name of the song is... Phil? Lord of the Rings. Um, when I was trying to find that scene, because, uh, you know, we got that iMac that doesn't have a, uh, got a, a spot for the disc. Just can't use my Lord of the Rings DVDs. So I was just looking it up on YouTube. Found a short clip of it. Didn't have the whole thing with the he fell. It's like, what, do people not realize this is a hilarious fucking moment that needs to be on the internet? But then we found it. But before then, I found this, which literally has a bunch of photos as if it's like a comic book and photos of what's happening. People saying like, villagers, Helm's Deep. Cut to the photo of the princess. The woman and children enter Helm's Deep. It's got like three photos of that. Freda, mama, mother, Freda, Freda. So that's where where I was like saying, uh, you know, the mom and the kids find each other. Make way for the king. Eowyn, so few. So few of you have returned, Theoden. Our people are safe. We have paid for it with many lives. And then it's like, his just like kind of like noble king face and her face of like, oh shit, I swear to God, did Aragorn? And then Gimli, my lady. Eowyn, Lord Aragorn? Where is he? Gimli's face. He fell. And then it cuts over to, you know, them behind the wall, Saruman, and uh, Merry and Pippin with the the Ents. And you're like, well, that's kind of random that this website just has that scene here or this group of scenes in, like, comic book mode. Like, that's weird. And then it says at the bottom, previous and next. And then we clicked next, and it's just the next couple scenes. And here's Aragorn. It's a pretty fucking funny scene of him with his other lover who who he actually ends up with at the end who's uh, an elf, so she lives forever, and, you know, but uh, because Aragorn's about to die, then she's, like, going to die with him. Um, that's the, There's that whole thing because she gave up her, uh, you know, immortality in order to love a mortal. It's this whole elf thing that they had to do. Just hilarious yeah non-stop goofs and gaffs but some fucking person has put the entire film in this comic book form with all of the like uh like the script essentially so that's intense dedication but to go even a step further i found the same thing with uh short clips of the entire film so here's that same scene from the movie in intensely short clips. So few. So few of you have returned. So 
that's quite honestly the longest one they've had. What you want to go back to that and just keep hitting next clip, please? Our people are safe. Right. Our people are safe. Okay. We have paid for it with many lives. All right. Why are we, we going this slow to lives. show such a short amount of time? Literally just saying, my lady. This is Lord the most Aragorn. ridiculous. Lord Aragorn. Where is he? It's a film. Five completely unnecessary. Where yeah. is he? Five word sentence cut up into two. He fell. But that is... He fell. He fell. You know, we've been talking Gold. about adding sounds. That should probably be one of... That should maybe be our first sound. Quick it, clip. Probably. It says something like that. Uh, also, uh, uh, psh, 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 that rapper when he uh, burps and goes, yeah. "Are you ready?" Yep, that for sure too. Yeah, what's his name again? Cute, no, Sharkula, Sharkula, and Jams Dean. Yeah, the dynamic duo. Ooh, and probably something from Gunther, a little tutti frutti summer love, or maybe like bananas, malonas, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so it also said, want to embed this on your website? I'll have to... I've been thinking more and more if I want to create my own website with like Squarespace and get a discount code from one of these podcasts I listen to or pay somebody to make it. Um, the people that I've seen with made ones that they paid for, I don't like it much more than Squarespace, but we're going to see. So I'll embed that on my website. Um, and then, yeah, that meme was funny, but that's even... More niche. It says, uh, my lady, where is Lord Aragorn? And then it's, he took a little tumble off the cliff. That's the orc who killed Aragorn. And, uh, yeah, that one's a little bit more in. As if this whole segment was not inside. That's even more inside. You got to see the, the guy who hits him off the cliff. And he's a whole dick about it when they're like, you know, where's, where's Lord Aragorn? But to be honest... Everybody knew that Aragorn at this point did not die because this was the second of three movies. We're only like an hour and a half into this second movie. He's turned into the main character. Um, you can't have him die. So it was kind of like, all right, that's John. That's why we're so like, this isn't, this is hilarious. This isn't serious because we know he's alive. That's why we're able to laugh at it. We're not cruel humans. We just know the ending. Very true. Um, so, as we talked about... By the way, I found the thing. Oh, okay. What is it? So, uh, fractals. Oh, yes. You know what those are, right? Yep. So, these things. Fractal and dimensions. You know. Uh, this is actually based off of a math problem. And... It's like these points that are filled yeah. and the exterior points, these are all points within the math problem that are balanced points uh -huh. and everything else outside of it are like, wait, no. These are the pl points that are actually on it and there's only these points of uh, balance, I think, or these meeting points i forget but it's kind of crazy and these are the different 
Right. And it just kind of keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Right. The name, hold up, go up. The name fractals is derived from the fact that fractals don't have a whole number dimension. They have a fractional dimension. Initially, this may seem impossible. What do you mean by a dimension like 2.5, but it becomes clear when we compare fractals with other shapes? And there's different ways of calculating it, but there's, yeah, the Mandelbrot set. And this is it. And it's this equation that's based that populations of, like, say, like deer follow this. Yeah. Still doesn't make too much sense as to where I was going with this. But yeah, and we also haven't done a great job of explaining. Well, that looks fucking trippy. Good. And Lord. it keeps going right. and going and yeah. going and 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 going. Wow, it got boom. And boom. And we're back to something blue. Yeah. All right. So this is so that's times, like this is multiplied by. 68, wait, hold on, 100, 100,000, million, six, over 68 billion times zoomed. Interesting. And it keeps... Right. Yeah, so it's kind of nutty. Well, that's, and that's a bunch of deers right there. Um, Anywho... <laughs> All right, uh, the Lincoln thing. Uh, and on the Lincoln. Brady wanted to watch this movie because he earned it as a prize at the end, and it's just straight up a scene from Daniel Day-Lewis's Lincoln. Um, and I just turned around, and he was laughing his ass off at this while everybody else was kind of quietly taking, like, a vocab test or something like that. And uh, I forget what they were doing, but it was quiet and, every, and then all of a sudden he just laughs hysterically and he was watching this scene. So we're going to watch a little bit of, of it and it's because they say the word hell. Okay. Our members to a fairly well. You've had no defections from the Republican right to trouble you. Whereas to what you promised. I mean, this is a beautifully cinematic scene. Nice little over the shoulder angle. Of Lincoln, you, people on either you side. You to me, Mr. Lincoln. You evaded my request for a denial that that there is a Confederate peace offer because because there is one. We are absolutely guaranteed to lose the whole thing. And we don't need a goddamn abolition. Oh. Two people talking at the same time, getting loud. Here's a stoic Lincoln. Smacks his hand on the table. I can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. I can't accomplish a goddamn thing of any human meaning or worth until we cure ourselves of slavery and end this pestilential war. All right, you can pause it. Yeah, it's a super intense, important scene here, and Brady's treating it like we treat Lord of the Rings when Aragorn dies. Like, here's... Lincoln's final stand here with other... I don't know who the fuck these people are, but they're clearly not with Lincoln on the abolishment of uh, slavery. And uh, just because somebody says the word hell at the beginning there, Brady was just laughing, laughing, laughing. 
And I went back there. I was like, what's so funny? And he rewinds it. And then he, it like gets to this and there's subtitles too. So he like, just points at it and he's just like laughing his ass off. I'm like, all right, well, why don't we watch something different? Um, so yeah. Um, his new favorite thing is very intense presidential movies that he will just laugh at hysterically. Um, so this week I really didn't do much. I was uh, pretty tired. Uh, it was just, it was a long work week. People were out. We didn't have subs for different days. Um, yeah, still, still fucking worked out. Didn't read a book, but that's all right. Um, still worked out every day, got in there, got a pump on and, uh, but then went home and like two of the nights just got like right in bed after eating. And I was just, um, watching like a couple podcasts and then fell asleep specifically. I think it was Wednesday. I went home after working out and just turned a podcast on, but I like the light was feeling kind of bright. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to turn the light off turn the light off i probably fell asleep at like 6 30 p.m and woke up at midnight and was like shit i just completely messed up my sleep schedule i was figuring i wasn't gonna be able to fall back asleep nope fell right back asleep and woke up at 6 30 so i think i slept for like 12 to 13 hours um and then still felt super tired on thursday not you know, it wasn't like horrendous, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know what was going on there, but I was pretty fucking tired. Um, but I did see a couple shows. We saw the Tim and Eric show. Um, and like I said, we got edibles for it and I don't normally get high before shows. I typically just go, you know, straight, straight sobe as, as me and the boys call it straight sobe. Uh, no drugs, no alk, and just go for the love of the game. Just go for the laughs. And I don't need to get into an altered state for the show, but I was going with Paul, I was going with Patrick, I was going with Ken. They don't go to as many shows. It's Tim and Eric. They're goofy. They're wild. They wanted to, so we took edibles beforehand and um, went, got, went to the Chick-fil-A right next door, and we were already just like you know, out of our minds a little bit, ate some, some good fried chicken and went into the show and were there like super early. And they handed us these cards that, um, can you hit pause actually for a second? I'm going to find the card. Let's do this. And we're back. 40, 43. Um, so this card, it's a very miniature fake playbill. And it's got Tim Heidecker on the front. It says, Atna presents a medical play. And it's got two fake about the actor's bios. And at the bottom, it's saying, uh, medical play is the story of Jason Reynolds, a young man who must confront his past before seeing his doctor, Dr. Ram Bunman. Luckily, Jason is an employee of Atna Health Insurance and a proud card-carrying member of Atna Health Insurance. Um, So it's just a joke. But like the people who walked us to our seats... um, were like very um, specific about, did everybody get a card? Like, these are very important to the show. Does everybody have a card? And um, 
we were all like thinking like, okay, we were looking at our cards like there's nothing really about this. It's just kind of a funny joke because this isn't what the show is was or is about to be. And then we started thinking like maybe they're going to, because we heard it was such a participatory show. They look for a lot of participation. Maybe certain people's cards has like a thing that says they're supposed to be on stage with them. And then it was only further confirmed by this guy who was clearly working for them at the show. And then he was like looking into the crowd from on stage and he finds a guy and he was like putting on a Tim and Eric shirt and the guy and we're close enough to hear. He goes like, are you the guy? And he's like, yeah, I'm the guy. And then they like high five and hug, dap each other up with one of those dap up hugs. And then they, then he says, let's go. And then they like walk out of the audience and then we don't see that guy again. And I knew that guy worked for either Chicago theater or Tim and Eric. Cause one, he was fucking on stage. And two, the, the, when you walk into the theater, they literally had a 32 inch TV playing just video of Tim Heidecker playing the guitar. When they have that giant projector, at the Chicago theater and like a, amazing studio you know speaker system they literally just had a 32 inch tv that was um playing just like shitty so that was a funny joke and then the guy came out earlier and like put a bluetooth speaker so everybody could hear it better and we were like all like theorizing like oh it's gonna keep getting bigger and they're gonna make it louder and then they're gonna put it on the big screen and then tim and eric are gonna come out but none of that happened all that happened was that guy came out again found someone from the crowd said is it you and the guy said yeah it's me and then they're like let's go and they left and i'm like what the fuck is happening um and then the show starts and they played this clip that was like it was a joke they're comedians and they were saying like every every time you applaud tonight we want you to hit your hands like this and if you're not watching it's like um I'm hitting my wrists together and making like, uh, are these like the giving hands or something? It kind of looks like I'm making here. Kind of putting them out in like a U shape. Uh, I'm hitting the inside of my wrists together. Maybe. Uh, and sure. uh, to make a high pitched uh, humming sound like, oh, like that. So it's going to be very obnoxious and embarrassing. Um, but it very much seemed like they were joking about it. But then they come out. And they're like, come on, Chicago, everybody applaud, applaud. And the crowd really wasn't like doing it. Like slowly people started to make that weird noise and applaud like that more. But the crowd really wasn't going for it. And they kept like asking. They were like getting more and more intense, like demanding us to applaud louder. And they're like disappointed with how little we're applauding. And then finally they were just like, all right, just fucking applaud like normal. Just let's go. Come on. Let's get the energy up. Like, come on. And it was clear that like that was part of the shtick, I feel like. And that's what like Patrick, Paul and Ken all thought. But I don't know. I was just so in my head and was like, they are legitimately angry at us right now that we're not applauding enough. And we just didn't do the thing they wanted. And it did feel kind of weird in the room because it was such a big theater. As um, you were uh, like ron and ripped yeah just real out of my mind uh dosed and so i was definitely thinking about it too much but there was like 
I swear to God, there was a thing that I was picking up on where it was like, it feels like they're disappointed. And so, and later on they had John C. Riley came out who plays Dr. Steve Brule. And like, he did a, like an interview segment with like another audience member. And, um, when we weren't like applauding apparently enough for him, Tim was like, come on, like we don't always we don't bring him to every show like this is pretty special like how do you feel and then everybody applauded like really huge um and he also said something which this had to be a joke but he was like nobody fucking checked the email a half an hour before the show and like they're you're not prepared and he was like pointing to different parts of the audience to like say uh the same word together and we were going back and forth and it was like hot spicy yummy um and i that one felt more like just he's fucking around and like just getting us all into it. But even then people weren't like fully yelling and fully getting into it. And even when he finally explained what this section was supposed to say, when he pointed at him, they weren't really getting it entirely and it wasn't as loud as it should have been. So I do feel like there was, even though I was just being high and overthinking it, there had to be a little bit of like, he is kind of disappointed by this too. And this was the largest crowd they had ever done. Chicago Theater is like 3,700 seats. Um, and they said this is the largest crowd they've ever done, the largest stage they've ever done. And this participatory show that they do where even if part of it is to shit talk the crowd for not getting into it enough, um, I think it's more just about like making them be participating in clapping and everything throughout the show and then they just do it and it's a high energy show but here they were actually getting angry because we weren't following along so i looked up on his twitter all this to say that i looked up on his twitter and the i think it was the night after the show yeah it was the day after he says tim heidecker whose twitter right now says tim newman which is funny um on touring i love it but it sucks and I was like, okay, so right after the Chicago show is when he says it. And then somebody, the first comment says, damn, maybe not the best tweet to see hours before you're set to strut your stuff with my own self in the audience. Um, right. Um, this is mostly regarding the quality of theater shows. And... I was like, oh, shit, right there. That's literally the exact distinction I was making where because we're this kind of big theater and the energy isn't quite there, it's probably a little bit older of an audience. Literally, we had this old couple, I forgot, that sat down next to us, and the moment they sat down, they told the person who brought them to their seats, the old guy was just like, why did I think this was VIP seating? And she's like, I don't know, but this is where you are. And they sat down and were like pissed about it. And like five minutes into the show, they left and were gone, which was another reason I was like, shit, this is kind of aggressive, but they were old and it was weird. Um, I don't know why you would go to a Tim and Eric show if you didn't know who they were. Um, and I was like, fuck, I was right. He didn't like the fact that it was a theater show. They probably weren't exactly prepared for the fact of how big it was and maybe the 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 setup of the show with trying to be uh, participation-based throughout is like you know, tougher in a theater. Um, but then I looked at it again and it just said, uh, this is mostly regarding the quality of theater showers, not shows, but showers. 
And then it was like. So you just had it totally wrong. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't have it right. And uh, maybe he just had a bad shower at the theater. Do they actually shower at the theater? Did he mean shows and not showers? Does he just mean showers? It is kind of a known thing that like the green rooms and the showers are like old and decrepit. Right. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's an old fucking place. Um, this one says also how it feels simply to be alive. The pretty emo? Yes, that is. Emo. Love it, but it sucks. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's nice kind of goofy. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I was just fucking a little too inebriated there. Overthought the whole thing. But I don't know. I don't know. Still felt a little bit like they were a little bit pissed that we weren't fully going for it. But they also set it up wrong. And fucking, you can't make any noise by hitting your wrists together. And I'm not for an hour straight just going to keep going like, oh, not that, not that baked. Um, I pretty much lost my voice the next day because I was cheering so much. That's one thing I hate at comedy shows. Like here it was kind of funny because that's what they were going for. But I hate when the comedian, especially during a stand-up show, they like, when it's like a showcase style and each comedian comes up and they're like, ah, give it up for your host, all right? Give it up for everybody you've seen. Cool, like the host literally just said, give it up for this person coming on stage. That person gets on stage, says, keep it going for your host. So you just keep fucking clapping and you just finish clapping for the person who was just on stage. It's like, all right, keep it going for that guy. Nice. You guys ready to keep the show going? All right, nice. This next comedian, get it going right now for this person. Let's go. Let's get it going. Come on, you can do better than that. Keep it going. The next and that person gets on stage like, "Keep it going for the host." All right. Let me kill all the fucking energy out of everybody here who just wants to laugh by making them clap for like 30 seconds straight and then they start their set by like How's everybody doing? And you just have to be like, woo. And then comedians will be like, I never fucking understand why audiences woo. It's like, I'm not asking you a question. It's like, yeah, you fucking are. You're asking. There's no proper response other than applause or yeah, at a comedy show. And then as comedians, if anybody responds with anything more than that, they call it heckling and they get pissed at you for that. So I really hate how much you're supposed to clap at these fucking stand-up shows. And I want that to be my opener, but then I feel like I'm shitting on all the other comedians and ruining their stuff. So I don't want to step on any toes, but we'll see. Maybe I'll get to it. Clearly, there's a vein in there that's upset about it because I just went in on it. Um, what did you uh, think of the show? It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was in my head just so much because I'm not kidding. Like every single sketch that they had with different characters, they kept calling on the audience. There was a lot of songs. They were calling on the audience to clap along and like say shit and like that we weren't getting loud enough. So it was like continually coming up. Um, the only time that we really didn't need people to tell us when to get loud was with Steve Brule. When John C. Riley came, everybody was just like freaking the fuck out. And uh Yeah. But then even then, Tim and Eric came back out. It was like the end of the show. They did it with John C. Riley, And then they asked for like, you know, the 15th round of applause for Steve Brule. And it was a little bit lackluster at that point, even though we'd given him a standing ovation when he came out. And they're like, come on, we don't do this for every city. Like, let's hear it. It was like, Jesus Christ. 
we have been applauding for so long that I lost my voice. Um, so, yeah. But it was really fucking funny. It was great. I wish I didn't get so. That's a lesson there. But everybody else was. It's one of those things where I don't want to be the only one that's not, even though that's not enough of a reason to do it. Oh, well. Um, I guess we do have a little bit of time here. Jess, I saw Jessica Kirsten show as well. Um, she's this very funny middle-aged lesbian comedian, but just super raunchy. Um, kept doing jokes where it was like super dirty and like sexual. And then like, there was definitely people in the crowd that weren't going along with it. And she would just like call them out and be like, I love how some of you are just staring at me blank in the eyes, just with no, no way to respond here. Like you guys are dumb. But then she'd turn around and like joke about how she's like being so dirty because she wants the approval of those people. Um, but yeah, let's get into this last article. Oh wait, no. The, so there was this couple in front of me, two older lesbian women, and my legs were just at comedy clubs. Your chairs are super close together. And so my legs are large and they're kind of surrounding the chair in front of me. So when she got sat in front of me, she just looked at me, was like wondering whether or not to put her winter coat over the chair because it would cover my legs. And I was just like, yep, yeah, sorry, but go ahead and put your coat down. I don't care. Like I'll make some room. And she was like, I feel terrible. I don't want to sit down. Like, you don't, you feel like I'm going to hurt you. I'm like, yeah, well, I go to a lot of comedy shows and I'm tall so it's constantly an issue it's fine I got room as long as you're comfortable and she's just like you know what I'll do for you or and then she's like oh I like this guy I like what's your name and like I introduced myself she's like I don't remember what her wife's name was but she was like Jody have you met Jack my new friend I love him already and she like scooches her chair up into the aisle in front of her which is bigger but that's because the waitresses go through or the servers go through and they um give the drinks in there because they need more room. And she's like, well, I guess we're not doing it this time. I guess we're just going to have to do the pass it down system. I was like, all right, we'll do Henry Ford's assembly line. That sounds good with me. And she's just like, she laughs and she's like, I, I fucking love this guy. All right, this is great. I'm already loving this. Um, but then they were relatively quiet throughout the show, even though they were lesbians. I feel like they were a little uncomfortable with the very intense lesbian sex humor. Because that's the parts where they cringed up at most points. And then Jessica Kirsten pointed it out over with the general feeling of the room. But there, I guess I wasn't high as shit, and I fucking loved it. So that might be the lesson there. Even though it was much more um, aggressive at the Tim and Eric. This was more her just like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, speaking of comedy, uh, this one writer wrote an article about Louis C.K., doing a tour and just but like shitting on him as a person a comedian the whole time but also giving all of the links and information for his tour possibly to like have people go and you know like boycott and like pick it but it really is just giving like for me I was looking I looked at it and I think it's called Louis CK's return to stand up so I was like oh shit maybe this is an article just like talking about it honestly but no, it's like a slam article, but it still gave me all the information I needed to find him. Um, hold on, can you go up? I'll read it. So it says, defamed edgelord Louis C.K. is trying to revive his comedy career despite confirming the five accusations of sexual misconduct made against him. So he's not 
trying to revive his comedy career. He is. He he is touring. He's doing. He's doing well. He could sell out the United Center right now if he wanted to, but he would get people like this person showing up and just writing a bunch of blogs about it. But I wish he would. His recent sets see him making ill-advised rape jokes and mocking Parkland survivors. Luckily for people who are in, who are into lazy humor, Louis C.K. is bringing his blind entitlement on the road in what he's mislabeling as a stand-up comedy tour. The tour dates stretch from tonight in Denver, Colorado, on through May 23rd in Copenhagen, Denmark. Along the way, he will take the stage live in major cities like Phoenix, Philadelphia, New Brunswick, Knoxville, Syracuse, Boston, Berlin. Find his entire schedule below. So it's like literally just laying out all the fucking... So it has every tour date and where he is in the name of the theater. Uh, and I was like, well, it's not in Chicago, but if it was, I would have bought a ticket. So it's just hilarious. These people who like think that there's definitely a bunch of people who are reading this and like, fuck Louie. And they'll maybe even show up to some of these shows to be an asshole to the people going and trying to stop them from going in, even though it's like entirely their choice to go see this guy. Um, Yeah. It's very strange. This article it feels like super maybe it's also on the side of the right but it feels like super liberal mainly pc people think that their political activism can just be writing shit on the internet and that's gonna like get done what they want done but it just is like if anything doing the exact opposite like i literally read this and was like cool like this is hilarious that they're so upset about this, but also if there's a a Chicago date here, I'm going to buy the ticket. And it literally says, can you go, uh, if you're still dying to hear cliched cracks at gender neutral pronouns and incredibly tasteless Auschwitz jokes by a guy who issued a copyright notice to protect his profoundly unoriginal jokes, then you can grab tickets to his upcoming tour dates here. And it has a hyperlink and you can click on his tour, get tickets on StubHub. It's hilarious. It's yeah, like, and they're by the way, this is a tracked uh, link, so they get money. That's so true. Every time someone clicks on this, that's why I was like wondering. I'm like, is this like, are they being aware of the fact that they're just straight up advertising for him? And is this like at least aware of how ironic this is, or like, you know, how? parodied this almost feels felt like an onion article with how just like ridiculous it was um i mean in all honesty when it comes to higher ups at these places they know this gets clicks right and it's a money driver for them whereas the person writing this uh is probably given guidelines as to how to do it yeah but then they're adding their i don't know but it is very strange and only makes me want to buy a ticket yep. if I could. Right. And maybe that's the tactic. But if you look at everything else, they they slam him right. this multiple times. This website has plenty of articles that are just slamming him. So I think they want to slam him. Right. But and they're just like doing their due diligence to make it a reputable article and have all the information. But it's like, all right. Let me know when your next hit piece comes out and he's coming to Chicago. Thanks for the info. Yeah. 
Can't wait to get tickets. Um, all right. That was episode 24. Anything else? Nothing right here. Let's, uh, let's hope Mike Pence stops the coronavirus. Can't wait for that. Uh, you're all handsome. See you next week on Jack's Tap. Now you're gone. I realize my love for you was strong. And I miss you here. Now you're gone. I keep waiting here by the phone. With the pictures hanging on the wall. Is this the way it's meant to be? Only dreaming that you're missing me.